Research shows that among school-related factors, teachers matter the most to student achievement. Studies have found that higher levels of teacher stress can lead to lower student outcomes. I'm Danielle, she's Raleigh, and this is Unstuck, the special education podcast. What's up, Raleigh? How's it going? How are you? I'm great. How you doing? Coming here from the nook. Yeah. Changing up the music on me. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's time to get things a little spicier. And this free music that I have, um, no copyright here. Copywritten, don't copy me. Bright Futures. Wow. And I thought that was symbolic today of, of the bright futures of everyone involved. We want everyone to have a bright future. We want the children, of course, to have a bright future because the children are our, our, our future. future. That our, our future. And the adults working with these kids are very much important because they are molding the minds of the future. Oh boy, wow, that was that? deep. That was deep. Yeah, that was that. deep, deep, deep. Yeah. yeah, as we talk about morale today, um, I think that is a good, a little good song for us. Yeah, I think so. For us to play. It was appropriate. Yeah, so before we started talking about morale, I wanted to chat with you about something first. Do okay. you remember Project Adventure? I do recall Project Adventure. I recall three very intensive days of Project Adventure that involved pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a lot. And, and I did appreciate challenge by choice, mm-hmm. which I think was an important piece to that. So of course, I will never out any of my colleagues, but some of them would challenge by choice the entire thing, if they could. Others were allowing themselves to be pushed a little bit out of their comfort zone to try something that maybe wasn't familiar to them or something that was new. And I liked the idea of the cooperative games and the teamwork and really repairing relationships with people through calling groups and things like that. So I, I miss that. I think we don't use it enough. Yeah, it's, um, it was definitely challenging. I actually went through three-day training and then a second three-day training because it was so interesting to me. And I thought it was a great ad for the classroom, but it was definitely at the time, I don't know, 12 to 13 yeah, years ago at least, at least yeah. was such a culture shift from what we were doing with our mm-hmm. social emotional kids, our trauma kids, yeah. um, where it was more consequence-based to more community-based, social community-based. And basically what Project Adventure was, was that you had this full value contract and classroom norms. You created this standard where kids were able to buy in or kids bought in because they were helped creating the rules for cooperative games or classroom expectations. Um, and then, and there would be specific groups that anyone could call kids or adults. So it was very much a community feel. So you had your, uh, celebration groups, Mm -hmm. your information groups, um, your consequence groups. I forget what they were called. I know we renamed it a little bit. And that was really, um, kids could call these groups at any time. So if you recall, we had kids calling groups in my classroom for the first month, like yeah. 30 times a day uh, for information, for celebration. It was great. It, it was, was an epidemic of calling groups <laughs> in a good way. In a it good created way. a lot of buy-in though. And the reason why I bring it up is because there's something, um, there's some, a lot of research being done around restorative justice and restorative practices. And I felt like it aligned so well with what we were doing 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. I would say that we were innovative in our school community at sure. that time. All right. Okay. Um, and restorative practices is an emerging social science that studies how to strengthen relationships between individuals as well as social connections with communities. Love it. And so really co- having that group conversation. So rather than and creating those teachable moments. So rather than a kid missing recess because 
they push someone in the hallway, um, they have a community group and they talk about it and they talk about how it made each other feel. I think what I love about it is it's empowering. So it's the student being able to, in some ways they still can save face. This is not about shaming, but they come in and they're able to talk about, okay, I'm, I'm sorry for disrupting the group with XYZ behavior. And then the other students in the room can add something to that. And again, it's not about, you know, calling this kid out, being rough and abrasive with what's happened. You're just sort of allowing students to speak their mind in a very positive way, have that sense of agency over what's happened, and then sort of like agree that we're all going to move on. Some students may say like, I actually am not ready to fully forgive, quote unquote, but it allows that situation to kind of have be marked. Kids learn from it and you move on and it doesn't drag on and on. But I do think it's important to consider that not every group of kids is maybe always ready for that level. So I think you have to know that you know your students and you know if they can handle, you know, I think the celebration group is a great way to start because that's a nice way to introduce it when it's all positive. Like we're gonna celebrate that, the fact that we've had three safe days or the fact that we've all achieved our math goal this day, whatever. And that's I think a nice way to introduce it. And then you can start introducing how does it look to process these situations and sort of put it out there in the, in the forefront of this happened and how do we move forward with it. Yeah, and I think with the restorative practices piece, it also creates a sense of belonging. So Absolutely. if you call a group in the morning because you want to talk about your weekend, or strike that, <laughs> you want to call the group together to have a community conversation, you talk about things that aren't related to status, race, gender. Mm-hmm. You create this this these questions that are more about how are you feeling in these moments. So that way there's some... Um, some even playing fields in a lot of ways so people don't feel like this one person went skiing this weekend and you were home because you can't afford vacations Um, it does create this stability in the classroom that despite our differences we're all here to learn and to grow and I agree I think calling those celebration groups or information groups first really helps establish that (laughs) I think Project Adventure had like storming norming performing i wish i could remember all of them and you would start your group would storm right or you know whatever the first one was and uh you would make your way to that group collaborative piece but you had to go through the thick of it Mm -hmm. um before getting to that finality of owning your stuff and other people owning their stuff and having that group outcome well and something i think is so important and it's probably harder on some level when you have 20, 30 students in your classroom, but creating this sense of this is our team, this is our group. And even if it's project adventure challenges between classrooms, between groups of kids, where it's this sense of unity and how do we work together, and especially for some of your more behaviorally challenged um, students, working together to achieve a greater goal. And I see this actually happening um, in, a, in a classroom that uh, I work in at the moment. And it is wonderful to see kids that you could never imagine coming together the way they do with this collaborative idea in mind of how do we achieve goals. And sometimes you can manufacture that achievement. You create an activity where they're just achieving a goal for that particular activity. And it's the goal for the greater classroom good. We're trying to achieve a goal of, let's say having a class pet, or we're trying to achieve a goal of earning this fun activity by being having safe days or, or meeting certain academic requirements. And 
it's amazing to see kids pulling for each other and wanting to work on things as a whole. And that boosts the morale because now teachers are feeling like, all right, all this hard work is actually mind. paying off. Well, and I think, you know, to talk about some of that morale, I think you have new teachers, brand new, who come into this. And maybe it's so tricky right now with how everything is sort of with COVID and with just the staffing shortages. And they don't have that frame of reference to say, well, I know we're going to get back to something better. Or I know what it used to look like. And can they sustain? And can and they're seeing, I mean, I have colleagues who come in over weekends and vacation days and holidays to get paperwork done and to plan and prep because they don't have time. about those popping peas. They don't have time in a day to do that in a school day. And then you have your seasoned teachers or your seasoned specialists, your seasoned OTs and speech pathologists and APE and et cetera, et cetera, who are saying, well, this is not how it was 10, 15 years ago. Can I ride this wave? Am I, is my caseload way too big for any human to manage? I can't possibly see 60, 70 kids. Not, not every kid is getting the individual attention they might need in this format. How do we get through that? And, and you do have to build that positivity and that morale and that hope that something can change and we can kind of get back to the norm a little bit. Like water's gonna seek its level. It can't be this way necessarily. We have to change. We have to be able to kind of get back to something that's more sustainable. Well, and going back to previous episodes where the kids are gonna drive the change. Mm -hmm. So if we, you know, if this wave continues to rise, continue to rise, you gotta build a bigger wall or change the way you approach things. Okay. Um, And I think not, you know, I feel like bringing it back to the pandemic is what we have to do at this point, I feel like. And um, before the pandemic, morale was generally low between the months of January and March, Mm -hmm. which makes a February break or spring break the perfect time for people to reset. And like you said, having people coming in over February break really isn't offering that um, that break, that reset for them. So that's going to be challenging. And then when you throw COVID in, a statistic I just looked at from EdWeek online was that teacher morale hit a new low during the pandemic. 73% of teachers did not feel valued in 2020, which is an increase of nearly 10 for, 10% from 2018. And then 42% of teachers say the pandemic has made them feel less motivated to get stuff done. Well, and that, that thing about value. So I think something, you know, everybody kind of goes to money, right? Like, oh, if I just paid more, that's not gonna change how you feel about your work and it's not necessarily going to change how you feel your you know upper management or the people or your family administrators administrators view you so i think we forget sometimes that feeling valued obviously is different for everybody but there are ways to show that this is still a profession that deserves recognition deserves an understanding of how hard it is and we just pile on and pile on and pile on and not expect that people are gonna crack under that pressure. We're trying to manage this crisis that we're in with less people, more stress, more hours, more work for the people that want to do this work. You don't get into, I mean, we've said this a lot, you don't get into this field because you wanna be rich. This is not a, you know, we're gonna be millionaires being teachers and, and educators and in the special ed or general ed field. And how do you value people who are generally a lot more selfless than, you know, we forget that. Like people that are in this type of profession, just like in nursing or or other um, 
industries where you're doing human service work, you are a selfless individual most of the time. I, have, I know people who are spending money out of their own pocket for supplies, for trinkets and toys and rewards for kids to earn. I mean, it's, not, it's, it's a thankless piece of the job that teachers and others do because they know that that's what their kids need or what how to motivate or how to encourage or, or how to, you know, they're gonna need certain types of pencils, markers, whatever, they're providing that. And it's selfless. And if you're a selfless person, you want to be valued for the work you're doing more than you need necessarily. I mean, we all want the money, but how do we provide that value? So that's my question. How do you value, show someone you value what they're doing? Well, and a great leader will be in it with you. Mm -hmm. They'll ride the wave with you. They'll support you. They'll help with a struggling kid. They'll sit in meetings to help support uh, implementation of accommodations to help support your classroom. They'll model, they'll do all, a good leader is in it with you. A good leader isn't standing from the top telling you what to do. Well, and they, maybe they come in and they, you know, read a story to a group of kids or they're running a class on something that's passionate, they're passionate about. Maybe it's knitting and they teach kids that. I, I do think you feel valued when you feel recognized and seen for what you're doing and even if it's hey this is how you know i we're setting up our classroom with more social thinking um visuals and someone comes by and says wow what a great job setting up your classroom with those social thinking visuals that's really creative that's clever that's whatever you feel that feedback of wow i'm getting noticed for for trying and putting this out there and, and being a team player and i just think some of that goes by the wayside and i think there's ways to show you know and maybe it's offering more help it's you know I, I i this is a hard one because i think people just get so down and stressed that it's hard to come back out of that when i think doing your research too i mean i um i look at a lot of things to figure out when's the best time to do this when's the best time to offer this is a pd day good for someone um and i think what i learned in researching morale mm -hmm. is that there are actually five stages of, of engagement for a teacher okay are you interested i'd love to know okay it's basically like a cycle so from june to october you have that anticipation so over the summer months mm -hmm. into the first month of school the anticipation of your kids and all of that and then you have survival mode you go into survival mo mode from october to december january we all know that one very well we know that one very well and then this is the piece, I think, where you have to really boost people, is that disillusionment from December, January through March. So that's your really low morale. Uh, teachers having a tough time coming out of the pits of winter, which mm -hmm. you love. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's your favorite season. Um, talk to me about winter. And then you have your rejuvenation in your reflection from April to You see June. the finish line. Yep. You see the finish line. The butterflies are fluttering. On, yep. You're reflecting the on, on the things that are have gone well, the things right. that have gone to poop. Mm -hmm. And um, and then you're back at anticipation once the school year ends of what's next year going to look like. And so I think as a leader, you're recognizing the, the, the dips and the highs for these teachers. And where do you capitalize on that encouragement or that modeling or that sitting in it versus, you know, when you can, like I said, when you can offer professional development or when you can offer those um, gifts or little things like that to show your appreciation. I think that piece of it is also important. Sometimes it's just about listening to what someone's feedback is Fair. about their situation. So, 
you know, I, I like to describe things as the baskets, the two baskets. I have the basket of things I can control. I have the basket of things I can't. And certain things, especially related to how education looks today with staffing shortages, et cetera, et cetera, there's a lot of things we can't control. But if you're putting a teacher or a specialist or someone in a school in a situation that is not what they would ever expect to be put into, they're supervising larger groups of kids, they're asked to do jobs that they've never done before, sometimes the best thing you can do is listen to them say that they're worried about it, that they have feelings about it, that they're, they're expressing their feedback about it, and maybe you let them know this is not the plan forever, this is what we're thinking about for right now. You're just giving some hope and hearing them out. What I don't think most people want to hear is, oh, well, too bad, this is just your job. That's or just ne- walking away. Or just walking away. And that's never the way that people, I again, not showing your, that you value that person by doing that. You're dismissing them. And I think as an administrator, you have to be able to wear the shoes of someone who isn't going to become sensitive or defensive to feedback about a situation and understand that the person is here and they're at least reaching out to you. They could just you know, walk away and say, I'm out of this position, I'm done, I quit. They're saying, hey, I'm coming to you and saying, I don't like the situation I'm in or I feel this type of way about it. And as the administrator, you could say, I hear you, it's tough right now, I totally understand. And if you're in, in it with them, you actually you do hear that. it, you already know what's happening. That was a trick question, nice job. Did I pass? You did. <laughs> I also think one of the best pieces of advice I got from a like a special ed lawyer years ago was all about transparency. Mm-hmm. And I feel like other than Huge. yeah, other than salaries and personal information, I don't see the point in not being transparent with people. And I do think that that is a morale boost because they hear what you're saying. You're not beating around the bush. You're being honest about the situation. So, like you said, even if there's a short term challenge or if it's longer term either way at least you can be honest with them and say here's what's happening yes it sucks i totally get it i totally understand we're in it for a little while but our hope is x y and z our goal is we're talking about it our goal is x y and z and what ideas do you have what what are your suggestions because People are chock full of ideas, and I say this all the time, it could be the most ridiculous. I I joked the other day saying, you could tell me that a trapeze artist is going to hang upside down and teach math, that's my idea. Great, thank you for having an idea. You could turn around and and say that's never gonna happen, but at least you're letting people express their thoughts. Because I always say, if you're gonna bring the problem, bring the solution. And even even if that solution is ridiculous, at least someone thought of something to do in lieu of what you're asking or it you know to say not even in lieu of what you're asking but you have me doing x this is my thought about it how can we solve this problem i just you know well and even if you don't have a solution being honest with yourself about that yeah and just saying look i have thought of this this and this already i've tried these things already it's not working you know i'm out of ideas can you help me can you use your expertise to help me and that's where i think like I always made sure to um, have meetings with my coworkers, whether they're the paraeducators, teachers, assistants, teachers, to ensure that they have that time, whether it's an hour every two weeks would be my goal, Mm -hmm. but really just to give them time to share their thoughts of what's going on and offer suggestions and support. Now, that doesn't mean you have an hour venting session, because like you said, it's... Great. I appreciate that. I hear you. 
do you have any ideas? You can say it to parents too mm-hmm. at IEP meetings. Yeah, that's, you know, a like, that's, that's a tougher, that is the tougher one. Yeah. But you absolutely should feel like you can do that, you know, and especially if you give someone time to drain emotions and then you say, okay, let's collect ourselves and think about how we can approach this in a really um, solution focused way, called it. Um, I also want to say that not everybody in a, in a school system or in a school or in an educational setting uh, goes up and down at the same pace, right? So some people are like really feeling positive about something in a given moment and maybe their coworker is really at the depths of despair. Can you as that person on the upswing and at the top of the wave support your colleague who's feeling a little bit lower? How can we help each other out too because we're each other's best resources, especially in this type of climate, I think people are really bonding together over the situations that they're facing, and it's a it's a great opportunity to say, hey, I'm actually feeling, you know, maybe I had a really tough meeting, and that's in the past, and now I'm feeling better about something. I, I can support you who's going through something that's a little bit tougher right now, or you have some really tricky students, or a tricky parent, or you know, you're just trying to figure out curriculum for certain things, and I can be there for you and give you some support. And I think we really are each other's best advocates, best. Um, support system well I think the same goes as you were talking I thought of peer-to-peer observations or peer-to-peer support so having that time set aside where you're like this math work or algebra is really hard for me to teach what have you done in the past have you run into this in the past can I observe you can I see what you're doing because your class seems to be pretty settled every day having that those opportunities I don't think uh, in my experience I have seen enough of or in, in my positions that I've been in over the years have thought of it enough or thought of it as something, as an option to do. Mm-hmm. Something else that, you know, this is maybe a little more ambitious for, for folks, but coming up with uh, a committee of sorts of people who are the spirit and morale uh, cheerleaders for your facility, for your organization. and. You know, whether it's just a group of individuals who get together and say, we're going to create this positive energy by doing activities. Uh, Maybe there's training days that every now and then they do an activity for, um, you know, you you get together and sing karaoke, you get breakfast foods for people, you recognize different accomplishments. Um, Something that we always talk about is when you give each other feedback and people can say like, oh, wow, I was recognized for that thing I did. I didn't think anybody noticed that I said this to this kid and it changed the whole course of their day. And so having these committees or groups of people that give you shout outs, give you that boost of we're all together and we're enjoying this activity, that can be so uh, effective at boosting morale and it's something that I personally have experience with and I know that I get feedback from my colleagues saying this is something that keeps us going, like hearing what our, co- our coworkers think about us and our performance and how we interact with each other is absolutely essential at this point they don't want to lose that well and the more specific you are the more you're noticing Mm -hmm. and -hmm. i think the same goes for leaders when you're talking about morale boost something i and as a colleague something i do and i i think it goes a long way or it seems to go a long way is um sending thank you cards weekly so as soon as i see something specific or if i'm in a class and you're letting me observe or if i see an interaction with a student or a great job at a meeting Uh, sending that little thank you note and them unexpectedly getting it on a Thursday could turn out to make their week Mm -hmm. or the next week. Well, and some of my 
um, co-workers will save these notes from adults and from students, but save these notes and they're posted on the wall. It just shows how meaningful that is and that costs you nothing. And we do it for our kids. We talk about doing it for the students, leaving them a note telling them, hey, I really was impressed with how you approached that math homework. I know that was hard for you. That's something we've been working on. I'm so proud of you, keep going. You can equally say that about a colleague's work. I really, I watched how you processed that incident with that student. You were so thoughtful and, and caring and you really listened. And I know that student's gonna remember that. You know, it, it goes so far and it's such a simple thing to do. And I just think we, we have to pick each other up. As I said, sometimes, you know, you're at the high and someone's at the low, pick them up, help them through it. Cause when you're at that low, they can be there for you. And that's so critical. And I think too, from a, from a leadership standpoint in terms of morale boosters is um, having the trust in people, in your colleagues to be able to make decisions without micromanaging. I think micromanaging to me, at least for me personally in my history, um, micromanaging from my supervisors, administrators, whomever, I feel like that was such a plunge in my morale because it's like, oh, you don't think that I'm capable of managing this situation or planning this unit or doing this more independently, you know, I think there's a better conversation to be had than micromanaging. And I think good leadership in that transparency that we talked about, having that trust, all of those things I think helps boost morale if you have that type of leadership. Well, absolutely. And I think people want to rally around the cause when they feel valued, when they feel heard when they feel like they know what to expect a little bit more, it makes you feel good about what you're doing and it boosts you, you know, to be able to continue to sustain that. Because this is something that, I, you know, I say this all the time, things are not sustainable if this is how we're going. You know, people just cannot weather this much stress over time and not get to a place where they say like, this isn't for me anymore. And we don't want that. We don't want to see that happen. Well, and I think too, our kids are progressing at a slower rate because they've been out mm -hmm. for so long with COVID that those things that you relied on, those small successes that you saw over time, you're not seeing it as often. And you'll, will, the kids will get back there. They're the reason why you do what you do. But right now, I think with all the anxiety and the trauma from the pandemic, you're not really seeing those big gains over the course of a year. So I feel like that is like a shot in the foot too, because it you're is, like- it's less rewarding. We all want to see the progress and when we're not seeing it and we just feel like things are just inching towards, you know, a goal and it's not moving as quickly as we want to see. And then you have all these other things coming in, these other factors that we just can't control sometimes. It doesn't feel like something you can get through. And we have to make sure people feel like they can get through this, get through the, what section are we in in the in the uh, in your stages? Oh, we are in the dissolution. Yeah, the dissolution. dissolution. This is a tough one. I can't wait to get rejuvenated. I'm yes. waiting. April. April. What day? April first. Oh, I have April, no idea. April Fool's Let's day. hope for April first. Yeah, let's get. Let's rejuvenated. hope for like March thirty first. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So, Raleigh, what do you got for us? So um, this one, this random topic today is what's the best sitcom, past or present? Oh gosh. Uh, I'll go first. I'm gonna say, now that this, given the day you asked me this question, it might change, but I'm gonna say Roseanne. To me, Roseanne, for those that are of a certain age, this was a nice 80s sitcom, Roseanne broke the mold. This was a show that came across as what people really felt like they experienced. It wasn't a cleaned up, uh, sweet version of, 
of everyday life. It was very raw and real. And she is whip smart, clever in terms of the character, um, the mother as Roseanne. And so I just felt like it, there's a lot of good sarcasm in there, a lot of just real, you know, whatever you feel about Roseanne in real life, just saying the sitcom itself um, was, I just thought was absolutely brilliant. And I still laugh today when I watch it. Well, interestingly enough, we had a conversation earlier this week about your relationship with friends mm, mm-hmm. and how that is a dying relationship. Yeah. Oh, me? Well, jeez, yeah. oh, I'm not trying to say I don't love friends because friends, friends was me, my college years, that was friends. And, and I love friends for what they were at the time. Someone actually analyzed this a little bit for me and said, maybe because they were so groundbreaking and a lot of things that came after them were similar it almost feels like it's less unique now when you look back and watch the shows because things have progressed like they that was such a unique show at the time as well i just sometimes i don't know if the humor holds up i love them i do and i know i i can quote it and i love it but i just don't know it's not it's not the same for me when i watch it again when i watch them now so like my feeling about saved by the bell yeah well that never counted it no that's it that's a sitcom it's a comedy a situation okay. comedy um i love the office yeah it's, it's a great, great show that, i mean obviously um and recently or in the past couple of years i started getting into parks and rec oh very which is excellent it's a great excellent. show if you great, start great that show. from the beginning stick with it it just gets so so good yeah it's a it's a classic so i um i've been appreciative of that recently so all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. A special shout out to all of our listeners who have been with us since episode one, all of our new listeners. I think we're gaining a bunch of listeners every day, and, and we appreciate it. I think we have almost all 50 states covered. Wow. Puerto Rico. Yes, Puerto Rico. And at least 10 to 12 countries. Canada's now in it with us. Thank you, Canada. Welcome. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't yet, I started. Mean that, yeah, to come out like, yeah. Yeah. I kind of did. That- inadvertent um so follow us if you're not yet on all of our socials facebook instagram linkedin twitter and tiktok although we don't have a video yet but we do have (laughs) we do have a page so unstock podcast one on all of those Uh, most of our most of our work is through facebook and through instagram so definitely shout out to us let us know what you want to hear and uh hopefully we'll be getting some more guests on soon enough you just read my mind i was going to say we're we're in the process of uh figuring out how we can add some more people to this make this a little more exciting not that we're not exciting enough but you know i think we're very exciting but additional people are always more exciting so all right well thanks everyone see you next time